Basball's broken. Um, forget it. Sack them all. Where's Ben, folks? <laughs> Welcome to the Ashes review. Our first Ashes review of the pod. How exciting is this for you, Jamie? Uh, after yesterday, less so. Ah. Oh. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we're gonna cover all the games. <laughs> we've, got, we've got six tests. We've got the women starting tomorrow, which is very exciting. But we're going to be covering the first test at Edgbaston. Um, the day after, the night before, if you will. Um, had some time to process. We've, we're going to go innings by innings. We literally just decided. Um, but just before we do, what was your... If you could sum it up, what was your overall thoughts of that first test? I think it was a really good game. Mm. I think it went back and forth quite a lot. Both teams were on top at various points. Yeah. But I think Australia deservedly edged it. I think there was some weird decision throughout the England game. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And I think just Australia were a bit more consistent overall. And the way they finished it was it was deserved of a win. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would largely agree. I think it's a... It is. I feel like it's one of the great Ashes tests. And I, 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 kind of, I left it not feeling too aggrieved. Like, because yeah. I feel like England have always had quite the rub of the green on those kind of games. Like, obviously, Ashes 2005, you had the kind of games at, um, I think it was Trent Bridge and obviously Edgbaston 2013, um, where they edged, they won about 13 runs by getting Haddon out of the end. That was very close to kind of edge that. Obviously, Monty and Jimmy at Cardiff, uh, Headingley, of course. So I think England have always had those kind of edges especially at home and then obviously in Australia we just get pumped every time such as Boyd. Um, but I feel as though having been on the nice side of a lot of those kind of experiences, I kind of feel a bit like, well, it's kind of time. Um, but I think what you're saying about Australia just edging it, and I've, I've got the stats to back it up, <laughs> this leads straight into the stat attack. Um, this was uh, reported from... Uh, it's Rick Finley on the Twitter. I think he is an Australian analyst. Um, so don't know if he has a bias. Um, but it is quite interesting reading if you want to compare the baseball and the, I don't know, hat ball. Um, so uh, obviously, of course, the game is obviously only one run in it or two runs in it. So Australia scored 668 runs. Um, England scored 666. Uh, oh, um difference being Australia scored two extra runs off 1,252 balls, whilst England scored theirs off 866. So <laughs> quite a big disparity of difference. Um, but they both only lost 18 wickets, so no 20 wickets in the match. Um, but this is where the barest of margins come in. So um Australia got uh, average come in. Come yeah, where they pack come in is very good. Thank you. Uh very good. I can't think of a pun off my head. Um, <laughs> so um, Aus- uh, England averaged 37 runs per wicket, uh, whilst Australia averaged 37.11 per wicket. So that kind of just shows you how close mm-hmm. the the game was. Like It was very much in and out for a lot of the time. You felt England might be ahead, but then Australia would kind of crawl back into it and then go ahead, but then England will get a wicket at an important time and suddenly all the momentum and the Edgbaston and the Holly stand is, it's all vibes. 
Um, but yeah, I think that just really kind of for me just showcased it's like point one one of a stat is the difference between the two. Um, and in terms of boundaries, Australia hit more sixty eight fours, eleven sixes compared to England sixty seven fours and seven sixes. But obviously they batted about another four hundred odd balls, so they kind of expect that. Um, but yeah, I just found that quite interesting in terms of the the wickets and the runs. There's, li- there's not really anything to take away between the two sides, um, except from the way that they play in terms of traditional test cricket and basketball. I think it's, for me, it's quite a real interesting tussle between England, obviously completely 100% playing the way they play, and then Australia almost being as anti that as they possibly could. And the kind of like the tussle between the two, I thought was really interesting across it. Um, but yeah, I I thought that was a fun stat. It's very interesting. I think it sums up the test. Exactly. Yeah. Nicely. I think individually, like player wise, I think I've definitely edged it again. I like Uzi yeah. getting 200 odd runs. Yeah. I think Lion yeah, yeah. was probably the best bowler. Yeah, I think Lyon and Broad were probably up there as the two. Yeah. As Pat Cummins bowled really well. Cummins had a great game, let's be honest. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it was just really interesting. And I think, you know, I'd much rather a game like this, you don't want to lose any time, but I'd much rather lose a game like this where both teams are in it pretty much until the last ball, um, rather than, you know, a turgid England who can't really play test cricket in an additional sense. So they just come out and smack it and then you get a game like this. I mean, could they like, be in a bit more sensible at times? Maybe, but at the same time, this is their brand. This is who they are. This yeah. is what we get. Like, there's a lot of memes around basketball, but yeah. there was basically a day lost through rain. Yeah. The pitch started out as a bit of a road to yeah. bat on, really. And there was still a result. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's partly why England utilise basketball. It's so yeah. when time is lost, when pitches are a bit shit, they 100%. can still force a result. It's not going to go your way all the time. Yeah. But like this, this will come into our innings chat. But if England are the batted in the traditional way and this had just gone by the books, I think this would be nailed on draw by day four. Yeah. The way England played set up the game, yes, they lost, but they played in a way that if they lost, sure, but they gave themselves the best chance of winning. Um, so into that, we can go into the innings chat. Um, I think the first innings is probably going to have the most kind of fallout post this game for a particular reason. Uh, I don't actually know your. I can't know. Don't know if I know your opinion on it. So it'll be interesting when we get to it. Um, Off the top of my head, I can't even think what you're talking. Yeah, you'll you'll find out. Um, so. First innings was vibes. Crawley hit the first ball of the test match for four. Um, I like to think it was a kind of Cummins kind of threw it up there. Almost it's kind of like said on um Grey Cricket as well, but kind of thrown up there to be like, go on and go hit it for four. And obviously he did. But just the noise of that first ball four, all the like kind of build up and all the hype, and he just like, yep, four cheers. It was just like everything you kind of wanted from I guess this England team off a first ball. Um, but yeah, just quick run through of the scorecard. So, you know, Zach batted very well for 61. Um, probably the best I've seen him bat in a little while, if I'm honest. Um, got a really good ball to get out. Um, 
other notable mentions, uh, Harry Brook looked pretty good for 32 and he had kind of the freak dismissal where it kind of came, kind of spun out the turf, I think, rather than hitting his body, which is really weird. Uh, Bairstow got a crucial 78. Um, but obviously the standout innings would have been Joe Root not out 118 um, wickets, like we said earlier, for Lyon, four for 149, going at five and over. Um, overall thoughts? Uh, root is Root. Root is and back to number one today, officially announced. As he should be. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seemed like a solid first innings. Like, Cummins had a very defensive field very early on. Yeah. Like, I like that he had a man out for the reverse sweep because he knew England were going to go yeah. either a lot. But all it did was opening up a lot of singles, especially yeah. when Root was on. Yeah. And Root was on it for basically the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, like even early on with Duckett, I think Duckett looked fairly settled. He just played a bit of a bad spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought Pope batted all right as well until, yeah, um, kind of got a good one from Lyon. Um, but yeah, I, I agree that the rotation of the strike was probably more of a factor than just to smashing it about, if that makes sense. Like, I think, yeah, Crawley really utilised that as obviously Root did. Um, well, you said Australia had more boundaries yeah. in the game. But I hazard a guess at England having more singles throughout. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just the, I think it's different for how Australia batted we get to. But yeah, I think in that first innings especially, there was definitely that that solid rotation, which was really it's kind of... It was aggressive but sensible as well. I mean, Australia had the field out. It's almost as if they're expecting England just to still go for every ball, but then England adapting to be like, no, there's ones, we'll take the ones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good. Um, I think it's important innings for Bairstow, 78. That had really well. It could have been very precarious. I mean, it obviously is precarious because we lost the game, but there was um, England being 176 for five at one stage. Obviously, Bairstow coming back even off a long layoff. Um, yeah, oh, I, I know the... Com- I just... yeah. <laughs> Plots the controversy. We'll yet. we'll get to it. Um so yeah, they batted they put on over hundred, seventy-eight. Um probably the second innings of the of the game, I'd say for England, but yeah, good stuff. Uh Mo smashed a few as well, let's we forget Mo. Um it's a very Mo innings. I think this has been a very Mo game. It's a very Mo game, yeah. Um had moments of complete brilliance and then, you know, moments of old Mo, um, but kind of expected for the finger we'll get to um but obviously 393 for eight they declared on the evening of day one uh to allow uh four overs uh at the end of the day um i have opinions on this what are your opinions on this so for the past five days mm. i thought this was declared four nine so Not i fair. assumed that jimmy had come in and they just or they were protecting jimmy <laughs> but that's so, like, for the last few days, I've been like, fine, if there were nine down, yeah. that makes sense. But eight down, and Robinson's going quite well, and Root is still in doing Root stuff. Like The last the last before they went off, I think they got 16 offline, I think. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, they could have got another, just say 16 for the sake of argument. And those could have been crucial runs towards the end of Australia's second inning potentially it, i mean i i it's it was a weird one 
looking back uh, on it at the time, I didn't know <laughs> they were only eight now. But Root Root was batting real vibes. So from from my perspective, I feel it's fine. Um, because I think the way the pitch played on that day one, it was just flat. It was just dead. So I felt as though the decision to be like, well, we'll have four overs at the end. It's the last thing kind of Warner Karaj Warner could do is bat four overs after a day in the field. If they could get one, maybe two wickets in those four overs on a wicket like that, I think that's almost more valuable than another 16 runs um, from the perspective I saw it. But then I think if you say England batted on, you've got kind of the two arguments. If they batted on, then you probably don't have the events of the test match unfold the way they did anyway, because all all of this what-ifs and things like that. Um, you might not have gotten to a stage where they were pushing for a win on the last day. It might have already been draw territory. Um, or flip side, they could have batted and got another, say, max 30 runs. Then that might have given a bit more pressure onto Australia. Um but I think it's just kind of one of those little things, to be honest, which is just, I don't think it would have made too much difference, um, in my opinion. I think the risk of getting that extra one or two wicket in the evening probably outweighed the runs from Stokes' perspective. So I can understand it. I can understand people want about more, but I was kind of, yeah, sure. I completely understand the decision. Yeah. And obviously the my mind has been swayed by just one wicket yeah, yeah. in it, which, like, considering Jimmy didn't even open the bowling, yeah, would make that mindset even weirder. Yeah. Like, I can, I definitely understand them wanting to have a bowl at the openers yeah. just before day ends. It makes yeah. sense tactically, but in a game of already fine margins, just maybe yeah. another over batting, getting a few Actually, more runs yeah. might have yeah, it's also they were well behind the run over eight as well, Australia. So that you know they only batted seventy eight overs England. There should be ninety overs in the day, but there was only eighty two on that first day. So if if the actual number of overs had been bowled as they normally should have been, then maybe England would have batted eighty five overs, for example. But we've had this question stuff before, so I don't think that's so. Yeah, that's that is the point of controversy, and that's why people are getting a bit. I rate now that they've lost the game being like, well, oh, shouldn't declare, should you? I mean, it's tough. It's, it would have been fine if we go into second in it, first innings of Australia, if England just caught their catches. Yeah. We're now <laughs> to Australia's innings. Um, so, yeah, uh, main standout, obviously, is Kawaja of 141. Uh, Travis Head got 50. Cameron Green, 38. Alex Carey, 66. Um 386 all out. Um, Robertson with three, Broad of three, Anson one, Mo two, Stokes one. Um, shout out, I guess, to Kawaja first. Um, batted pretty well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've liked Kawaja for a while. I don't know if it's yeah. like, had a weird dream of him that once. <laughs> but I, I, you should elaborate rather than just leave it there because it's like that weird dream of Usman Kawaja it wasn't technically Kawaja it was a friend whose <laughs> name was Usman Kawaja okay. <laughs> uh, they had their head buried in the ground for some reason but yeah, yeah yeah as is whatever but yeah like <laughs> he's 
in really good form at the minute. He's a he seems like a good bloke that you wouldn't yeah. felt uh, obscenities at after <laughs> having made a hundred and forty. Yeah, it's a good guy, is it, he? I mean, like, it's a weird shout and chirps to have. Yeah. One of the nicest blokes in the game, having just got 140. Yeah. And then having a pop it in second inning yeah. is weird. <laughs> weird. Robinson seems like a bit of a weird <laughs> old man. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was a bit of a shame that only Root went up to him and him a handshake i know yeah i, was, I thought that was a bit odd uh, but I, I guess it's the you know being in the field you know about 321 balls is you know a rock in the side you know that's fr- that's frustrating like you're just they've already bowled in once off a no ball um they desperately just want to see the back of them i think you know it's that and like, i don't want to say oh but it's the ashes but i guess like you know tensions run high it's all very big old international sport it's all very passionate and stuff and it's i guess i, feel, I guess for robinson it's more the relief coming out in the kind of you know the way he plays which is just to have a pop not that i would agree with it but i would I kind of understand it more yeah. if you know you'd got lavishane or warner out first ball yeah like i understand the frustration at that but you can show it in a yeah of course you can yeah you, you can way. you can celebrate and be pumped by it but you don't necessarily need to tell him to have yeah. a little jolly way back to dressing room and then you can be respectful to the person who's literally batted the best yeah in that yeah, they, yeah. and i think it looked a tiny bit different when you've had a history of racist tweets sure yeah yeah, yeah. but i am yeah, I mean, for robinson i think it's it, I, if it had I, been smith 141 i think it'd be exactly the same but yeah, yeah I, it's it depends on who's having it as well like i was thinking yeah. if that was manus i think manus would take that yeah pretty well so. he was giving it back in the second innings too. yeah Marcus never shuts up so it's you, you know it's that's the kind if you're gonna pop at someone pop at someone who's gonna chirp back or has chirp first you know Marnus has never stops so he appeals for anything and it's just like you know it's, it'll be tempting to give it back so um yeah weird um but it kind of feels weird as well because it this series just kind of feels like a mirror so it feels like we're almost like the Aggie Australians and then Australia playing in kind of like the nice English way and I, I'm not sure how to feel about it <laughs> like yeah, so yeah, yeah like yeah. if you look like back to the Australian teams of old so Steve Smith's Australia before Sandpaper Michael Clark's you know Australia when he says to Jimmy like get ready for a broken epping arm all that kind of stuff I guess, you know, England playing on the front foot, being aggressive, but then Australia being nice, being led by nice Pat Cummins, playing nice traditional cricket. I mean, it's but weird vibes. England, we're vibes and we're playing aggressive cricket, but other than Robinson being a bit of a twat, no. <laughs> the rest of our team have been particularly... I guess the way they... Not necessarily Aggie, but like, you know, playing in an aggressive way. It doesn't necessarily have to be aggressive on the pitch, but you know, Australia with the likes of Warren or Gilchrist or Hayden, those kind of very big presence players playing aggressively. I guess in the terms of the way they play rather than being like Aggie in a verbal sense. Well, then I don't think that's a massive thing. I think you'd rather play in an aggressive, positive yeah. manner. But that said, Australia didn't 
it's a weird game when you look it's at a weird it. Game. Because Australia batted a bit more traditionally but had more boundaries and won versus <laughs> the baseball aggressive yeah. positive stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's tis true. I mean, they batted 116 overs in the end. It was a very kind of, at times, especially at the end of day two, it did feel like very turgid. And it felt like, I, I like test cricket, but when it was just sort of Usman batting for ages with Carey, I think it was, and it's just like, come on. <laughs> it's like, I've seen too many of Kawaja's forward or back foot defences, and I'm just like, I'm done. Um but yeah, I mean, looking at that, it was the left-handers that were doing quite well. Other than Warner, we've got Kawaja, Head, Carey, yeah. all with decent scores. Yeah. I mean, Head is in great form and has been in good form for yeah. a while in that middle order. He would very easily fit into England's mould of the way he counterattacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but as would Carey. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of that comes down to England's bowling. So... <laughs> um, uh, broad bowl really well. Obviously got Labashane first ball, which was absolute vibes. Got broad again, which of course is also vibes. Um, Robinson bowled well at the end. He was not 55 at one stage, then finished 355 and mopped up the tail. That would have been nice in the second innings, but never mind. Um, we had Harry Brook have a cheeky bowl, which was just complete, just nonsense, but kind of I kind of can understand it. Like it's village cricket, but on international cricket, like Brooke is probably the last person that Smith is going to think about facing, and suddenly he's got a hat back, Harry Brooke, and I think he actually bowled all right. That's the um, Yeah, he bowled more maidens than Cummins did in the first innings, so that's... <laughs> um, uh, Stokes had a bowl, bowled seven overs, and got the key wicket Steve Smith, which was a great ball, kind of just dropped. like It looked like it was high, but then looked sort of lob- bobbed down, which was a good ball. But um, I think the main talking point would be Mo. Um, how would you assess Mo in that first innings, considering he had two drops and one misstumping, I think it was? Yeah, I mean, he did okay. He did as well as you'd expect from Mo, whether he's two years from retirement or yeah. like consistently playing Test match. Yeah. Anyway, like, I think the big thing with Mo's bowling is... Not having not done it for so long, having like opened the skin on his finger, yeah, and not be able to bowl more, which I yeah. think calls into question the decision to bring him back. Sure, yeah, even more. Like overall, has calling Moeen Ali back out of retirement been that much of a positive for this game? How much worse would a Jax or a Dawson or a Ahmed have done? Yeah, I honestly, I. Because I, I considering think... his finger in the second inning, we could have used with an off spinner yeah. bowling a lot. And he just yeah. wasn't physically able to. And if that's no. because he's not played in so long, so he's not calloused his finger up. Yeah. That's I think awesome. it was like nine layers of skin or something. <laughs> it's just like, it's uh, in, you can see the way, like, I think Ponting picked up on it, how he's gripping the ball in a slightly different way to try and just do something. Um, I just, I think it's been written about and talked about, but I think at his best, Mo is England's best spinner. But whether you get Mo at his best is, is another question. Mm-hmm. Like, you saw glimpses of it in the test match, which I think were great. You know, the Cam- Cameron Green ball 
was just great. That was good vibes. The way Stokes captained him in the first innings for finger issues, I thought was also really interesting. Like he was getting smashed about by head, um, but Stokes was just like, no, I'm keeping the field up. And then in the end, head kind of miscued one to mid wicket. And that was, you know, you have to say really good captaincy. Um, should have had Cameron Green stumped first of all for naught. Um, kind of a regulation stumping from Bairstow. Uh, missed. Um, and then also had Carey dropped behind. So he could have easily ended up with four or five in that first innings. And you'd be would be saying, what a great decision to recall Mo and things like that. Um, but that Cameron Greenball special is great. I just think, you know, let down by the fielders, but I, I don't really have much qualms about his first innings performance because that was obviously pre-injury gate. Um, and I think he did everything that was expected of him. He produced wicket-taking deliveries. He wasn't going to hold up an end. He came in to do the job that, you know, Stokes expected. So, yeah, I mean, second innings aside, I yeah. thought first innings was all right. You know, again, should have had three or four, I think. Yeah, another one or two wickets, and it's a more positive review on Mo's. Yeah. So, like, overall, his performance is it's just very Mo. Like, the it's, it's a, if you wanted the Mo. In a nutshell, this is a Mo game. Exactly. Like, bowling, amazing at times, smashed other times. Yeah. Batting, some really proper baseball shots. Yeah. And just throws his wicket away really yeah. deeply. Yeah. Classic Mo. Classic, like, classic Mo. They knew what they were getting with Mo. Exactly. And that, you, you know, and they, and they, yeah, that's, you're not expecting anything else, are you? Um, I did think he did seem to be enjoying it a lot more from the perspective, like, you know, when he got his wickets, you could really sense that kind of like enjoyment and, you know, passion from Mo, which I think sometimes, in, especially in the India series a couple of years ago, felt lacking. It almost felt like he was kind of there running through motions. Obviously, this is complete conjecture. It's probably, you know, playing test cricket anytime, but there was, I think there was a sense of like the relief that he can just go and, play how he wants to play. There's not going to be any repercussions and they're going to be like, oh, that was a loose shot. Oh, that's a bad ball. It's just being like, no, keep going. We know what you're going to get. And I think that kind of freedom, the lack of shackles, I think, enabled him to enjoy it a bit more. And I hope he has a more of a role in the series um, just to you know, build upon that. But whether or not that thing is going to be too much of an issue, we'll, we'll see. Um one thing as well, I'll note before we go into the third innings of the match, uh, England bowl 15 no balls. 15 no ball, like I think Broad probably bowled the most. Um, let's have a look. He bowled, yeah, he bowled seven. Um, I mean, Stokes one of them six. being a wicket as well. One of them being a wicket, yeah. It's, it's, it's a thing that always annoys me. Like, you see all the training videos, and every time they overstep massively in the nets, and you can't say that's not having an effect in a game situation it's ridiculous like and it makes you wonder how many are picked up now with the third umpire and how many were missed before it's just bin stuff <laughs> um did you want to mention Bearstow or shall we jump into third innings I mean it was a bit shit wasn't it it was a bit rusty for a key rusty. I think rusty rusty form confidence a year out of the game Again, it's kind of like Mo. That's what you're going to have to expect. I mean, the difference with Mo is Johnny was injured, not retired from yeah, yeah. cricket. 
Yeah, but I mean, as in, you know, you know, Johnny's not kept, you know, obviously in the year being injured, but he's not kept even before then either when he was playing a specialist batter. You know when you're picking him as a keeper that he's going to be rusty. Um, and that's that's what you get. I mean, he took some good catches. The catch of Labashain was really good. Yeah. Um, obviously, again, there's a lot of like contention. Obviously, Folks is the better keeper. <laughs> One million percent. He's probably the best keeper in the world. I would say but Butler's he... the better keeper as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably at this stage of his career, definitely. Um, he well, keeps test, more. Test match keeper. Yeah, like, obviously for white ball, but I think yeah. match keeper Butler. Yeah. I think so. I think he's a bit more of a natural kind of athlete. I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously, folks probably Biddings is, but probably folks is yeah the the better best I'd say best keeper in the world. Um, but he doesn't fit into this team the way they want to have this team set up. There is just no way for folks, and I think that's just a, it's all well and good. A lot of people like calling at arms being like I want folks where folks need to be in this team he doesn't fit like if he did great I want him in too but he's not going to open the batting he's not going to bat at free and I think that's the only slots that are potentially available and that's that's just that yeah I mean, if Joss was any good at test cricket yeah that would solve a lot of problems I think so yeah <laughs> he's yeah. just not he's just not <laughs> no that has gone it, I, it, that surprised me a little bit I guess that he didn't have a chance last summer um, but he's obviously Unlike Mo being like when Stokes texted tests, he was like, nah. Um he made yeah, this I, long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, that's I think that's all you can expect from mm. that. Um I mean folks might have a role play in the series if you know an injury happens, but nah. Uh England's second innings, so third innings of the game. Um all bits and pieces starts in here. They got they were 273 all out. Um Lyon got another four for Cummins got four, um, a couple of forties, things like that. Anything to note from you on this one? Not particularly. I think there was one contentious not catch that Manus very uh like exuberantly went up for yeah. when it had clearly definitely grounded. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think was, I think there was another like similar catch green to to his uh, Gill one, which was clearly a catch. Yeah, or well, the Test Championship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that minus one was taking the piss a bit. Yeah, <laughs> that appeal was. There was so many appeals. Like there was one where it missed the bat by miles, and yeah, there was a kind of like the I saw coming literally apologize to Carey at one point for reviewing something. Um, their reviews were bad. I think Australia in this game, but I think it's very difficult when you got. Manus screaming at short leg for pretty much everything, yeah. but um, but yeah, a lot more tricky things. There was obviously the day three, um, when it was a bit rainy and murky, and they lost two for nothing. I know about twenty two for two. Um, but I guess the main thing is when he came to day four, the first ball of the day, Root tried to reverse scoop. Um, <laughs> um, I think Broad was doing an interview with Sky, and like he'd said. That Rude had told him, I fancy a reverse scoop for six, this first ball. And it just does it's it. It's wild. <laughs> it's like that. It's the first day of like, first ball of, a, you know, match defining day. And it's the Cummins. It only misses the stunts by centimeters. And yeah. like, it's just, it's, I can't understand it. Um, 
But then the next over, I think he gets a six and a four from it as well. It's just, yeah. it's unbelievable sometimes. Like the confidence he has, like to him, it's like, it's not a risk because he says he doesn't, I don't miss it. And it's easy run. So I I can't, I just don't understand. <laughs> Who really understands baseball? Yeah. I mean, Rue is that like, you know, he's quite rightly number one in the world now again. And I think he is the best player Um or best batter currently, or best informed one. Um, so yeah, good time. Um, we got forty six. I thought batted really well. Um, got a bit tied down towards the end. Um, I guess the main talking point of this is probably how Stokes batted. Um, so he got forty three, but forty three non baseball esque runs. <laughs> uh, if you want to call it that. So he really took his time getting in, and I think that's always when Stokes bats best is when he gives himself like half an hour of just seeing himself in and then he goes. Um and I thought he batted really well here. Um uh and then I guess other talking points, Jimmy got a reverse four first ball and yeah. I think smashed someone else through the covers of four. But yeah, it's just a bit kind of bits and pieces in he's just kind of setting up the game really and then kind of got to where you expect they would be. Yeah, I mean I'm well glad that I like like spot on predicted the oh yeah England would set Australia um yeah it's just a bit bitty really yeah. it would have been nice for the three in the forties to get their fifties but yeah it's it, it's it's it, obviously your prediction was bang on but yeah it's it's kind of where you'd expect them to declare anyway even if they're five down because it dangles the carrot enough for Australia yeah. to go for it and, you know if it, if it had been thirty more then I don't think Australia would have gone for it. I think you'd get to the stage if they get, say, five down on day five, they'd be like, nah, it's not worth the risk, we'll shut up shop. But I always think 280 is always like, that's always kind of in reach. I think they even needed about, what was it, 50 of about 15 overs at the end, which is, when you're eight down, that's yeah. still fair yeah. whack. Cummings and Lyon definitely were in together and there were at least 50 runs left. Yeah, they got 50, but definitely 50 parts. Like, yeah. the, 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 the end of the... We're into the fourth innings now. The way they batted at the end was the most aggressive that Australia batted in that innings. It was almost sort of like, well, we're eight down. If we defend, we're out. We might as well try and get the runs. That's how I viewed it. Like, they I kept... wouldn't even say it was like intentionally aggressive. I think no, it was I think just so. like playing the situation, aggressive. playing the balls. I yeah, it was. I think it all kickstarted from that additional route over where they got fourteen off it. Mm-hmm. For ease, let's go back to the beginning of the innings. Um, so Australia started really well. They were sixty-one for none, um, and Quadra and Warner were batting pretty well. And then there was that big old cluster of wickets in the end of day four where they got three. Where it was Warner, Labuschagne, Smith, and the noise when Smith edged behind was just. Semanifique, <laughs> just like you know, it's it's something you don't often see. Both Manus and Smith have a poor game, but yeah, they both didn't really contribute anything in the test. Um, like that's either yeah. a very big positive mm. or a big worry. Like either they're both <laughs> really out of nick, yeah, or like they will come back and have a big score, yeah, in one of these preceding four games. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think. Both Smith and Marnus had um, a stint at county cricket this season. 
I don't think they really set the world alike. There are a few kind of curious kind of LBWs given against Smith, which is fair enough. Um, but I think even before then, I don't think they've necessarily had great tours in India, if I can remember rightly. So I think Labuschagne's especially is not struggling for form, but I think still feeling his way back into some good rhythm. Um, and Smith is experienced enough that he'll come good at some stage, or he might not. Um, but it does look like Broad has got a slight advantage against Labuschagne. I think he got him out a couple of times at the end of the last voided series. Um, and then a couple of times here. So potentially that's another battle as well as Broad very Warner. You've got Broad v Labuschagne, which is good. Um, but yeah, uh, they then set in Scott Boland as a night watchman. And it's not really a night hawk, but he did his job. He got 20. Um, it was kind of 20 frustrating runs, um, especially that kind of day five after more first session wasn't in the morning but the first session of day five um until we did edge behind off broad um just going through who got out just a way is easier of doing it um they're trying to remember the good times the good feelings yesterday um travis head out for um 16 i thought was going to be key um, I think it almost was, but like the way he plays, like if he had batted for forty minutes, then I think that's game gone straight away. Um, and it was a very good ball from Mo, and again, that's why he was picked in the seat side. Like you know, literally no skin on his finger, and he's still able to get one really like rip. It had been a terrible over before that; they all been dragged downs and things like that. But then that one just absolutely right areas, and then Graham Swanish, I guess, um, and then got a edge behind, and I just thought. Was that the moment? Um, it's crazy wasn't... because, like these final three wickets, you could all make a case for yeah. being the moment to push this it. Is it. Start. Like, yeah, Mo, Mo coming back at Edgefast and taking yeah. head was arguably the most dangerous player left. Yeah, there Robinson getting a bold, a bold is then like just vibes any time. But given the game situation, that could have yeah really boosted the team, and then. Yeah. Root Caught and bowled to Carey. Like yeah. Carey was the last real yeah, hurdle. Recognized batter. Of, yeah. yeah. Well, I say last real hurdle. The last real hurdle was Pat <laughs> yeah, coming like Dolker. Oh, it's frustrating. But I mean, yeah, I mean, quick mention to Quadra as well, um, who got um, 65 and obviously topped off his very good game. Uh, Stokes didn't give him a send off, but, you know, Stokes bowling. Was good. I think if if Stokes was fully fit, it's it's another one of these. If both Stokes and Mo were hundred percent fit, I think there was no problem in this fifth or this final day. Um, like Mo would have easily bowled more. Stokes probably would have bowled at the end rather than Broad and Robinson, um, because he's a bit quicker. Um, the short stuff, but wasn't fit enough to. But he bowled seven overs, one for nine, and I thought those seven overs were great. Like if it was very much like peak Stokes, like this is the moment. Got the key batter out. Let's win the game. And I just feel like if he had been a little bit more fit, I think that could have been a tie turner, but it wasn't. But I also weirdly think that getting Kawadra out was also not great because Kawadra wasn't really scoring. He was just, he was being resolute and blocking a lot, but he'd really not struggled to score, but like hasn't really been busy. So I think the run rate was always kind of growing whilst Quadra was in. And then whilst he's out, that brought Cummins in with Carey and both of those obviously quite a bit more free-flowing players. Um, but obviously you want to get rid of Quadra because you need to win the game. But I just felt it almost as, as even though that should have been a big, 
let's win it was almost like that means everyone else is going to attack now so but you know it's just crick yeah but like if you've got more if you've got batters attacking more yeah. especially more likely to get them out. Lower, yeah. exactly like there's more more yeah. shots being taken yeah or and that's shots, yeah I mean, it's what happened carry isn't it exactly so like caught the court and bowl of fruit was great it's obviously a, I would say it's instinct, but the fact he had dropped two court involves before that is obviously a bit more prepared. Um, but it's a great, it's great. Like the fact that they show it in the real time, it's it, there's not, there's no time. Like how do you, like, my hands would still be like down there by the time the ball hit me mm-hmm. in the face. Um, but yeah, root bowl very well. I guess, I guess they were getting into the end territory, but. He bowled 15 overs in the end, one for 43. But at one stage, he bowled 11 overs, about one for 16. Um, the key moment was when the new ball was due. Um, I think everyone was expecting the new ball to be taken. But then Stokes kept Root on. And then Root got the wicket of Carey, um, which is obviously vital important. That brings Nathan Ireland. And you think England have got this. They need 52 to win, two wickets left. Might be even more than that. Um but then he kept Root on again, another over, and that over then went for 14. And I think for me and some of our followers who reply, um, that was kind of the momentum turning point, I think, um, because Root had kind of had a good rhythm, especially against Carey as a left-hander, but then two right-handers, I think, just kind of played into the arc of them a bit more, like it was a bit more easier to score as a right-hander and a left-hander, I would think. Um but these are just a kind of tiny margins that you know he could have they could have skied one and then Roots got two for. But I think that was probably the moment you brought on Anderson or Robinson rather than I, the over after. But it's easy think, in hindsight. Yeah, the two like major turning points in favour of Australia was when England chose not to take the new ball. Yeah. And in my opinion, not having Jimmy be one of those bowlers with yeah. the ball. Like there he's not had a great game yeah but like you always deal with jimmy there's always something bottled up in, yeah. a, in a match like england yeah. needed two wickets with a new ball why are you not bowling jimmy anderson unless yeah. he's said that it should be robinson and broad like, yeah I don't know he was he was heavily it, involved in all the kind of discussions all the it, time but even if he's had a bad game you would back him exactly like, you know, you lost anyway. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Like when he needed like ten to win, what's what difference is it going to make? I mean, I can understand keeping Broad and Robinson on once they're in a groove, but Broad was beating the bat a lot, so I think you'd keep Broad on. But I don't think Robinson was offering too much. He bought a few good Yorkers, but I think you know you're just looking for a real hooping Jimmy Inswinger or something at that point. Because um, what Jimmy can also do is just keep it tight. I mean, he did bowl a few loose deliveries in this game, but again, I think that's just rustiness. And I think you would also bank back him to bank and experience. But um, I guess you just make a gut decision on the day and just didn't didn't work out. You, you'd expect that, you know both Broad and Robinson to get lying out. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, of course. But like there was another thing you said about Stoke. If he was a bit more fit, yeah, bowling more at the end because he's got a bit more pace. Is there? Not another, not necessarily poor decision, but uh, like a decision where they should have bowled, like selected a fast bowler, a Wood or yeah, a... I think Wood should play this game definitely, hundred percent. 
like I think given the pitch, it was just it was needed that bit of extra. You know, Robertson was bowling about seventy eight miles an hour most of the game, and an if you bowl wood, that's probably twenty miles more more than that. Like it's, it's, that makes a big difference, especially for, like Nathan Lyon's not going to face Mark Wood at the end. He'd much rather just fend off short balls from Molly Robinson. Um, so I agree. I think Wood will one hundred percent play in the next game. Um, but yeah, definitely missed him here and missed Stokes being fit. But um, missed having the, a frontline spinner for most. Yeah, like they were base. They were basically bowling because hands in the ball at the end. So it makes me think: was he carrying potentially a bit of like a rusty niggle or whatever at the end? So you're effectively at the end. You're bowling with Broad and Robinson as your two fit bowlers. Robinson just coming off an injury, and then Root as your prime spinner, who's a part-time spinner. I would say again that's very much on the selectors and on yeah. on that because yeah. like you've got two yeah. players coming off an injury to bowl in a Ashes Test match. Yeah, uh, it could have been three. No, you've got I, one I was, coming yeah. off a retirement, and you've got yeah. Stokes who says he's not fit, but he's not yeah. really fit, is he? Yeah, yeah. But, like you're bowling Harry Brook for like three overs. Yeah, but you're bowling Harry Brook. Yeah, exactly. Like um, on paper, it looks this is fine, but you know, in reality, is it a bit more cracks opening than you know it's, it's been letting on? Um, so yeah, I think. But even bring Wood has obviously had a history of injuries, so bringing him in isn't necessarily going to help those issues. If he goes down half through the test, then you're kind of screwed even more. But um, I don't know. But maybe Wokes will play it. Lords because he bowls well at Lords, but yeah, he's not played an awful lot recently. I, I don't know, but um, it, it could have only taken two balls. I mean, Lion was dropped, lest we forget, Cummins was also dropped off yeah. Roots. Ball. I mean, that it felt as though that was the next turning point when Stokes dropped what would have been an absolute worldy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because you know, if he'd caught that in front of the Hollies, you know, the roof probably would have blown off. Um, and then Big on momentum, you'd back them to get Hazelwood out fairly cheaply. But then Stokes said in the interview, you know, Hazelwood could have come in and then he could have also knocked him off. Like it it was looking very docile and dead at the end. It needed that kind of big spark moment of that Stokes catch to take the game. And after that, it just didn't come. There are a few player misses, but it just wasn't meant to be. No, um, I, th- I think in and around that Stokes not catch like I yeah. think there were a few fielding mishaps as well I think yeah Crawley pressure went onto yeah. the boundary like yeah maybe pressure or like maybe England could feel it sort of slipping away yeah and that caught to their nerves and... yeah it, it gave off very like I mean Cummins said it felt similar it gave off head and lead 2019-ish vibes like the wheels slowly start to come off as mm-hmm. the momentum shifts to Australia and I think as soon as Australia had had that momentum that I think just Cummins just did not let up. Like, mm. I think, you know, his 44 there not out was just, you know, almost flawless, really. He looked most awkward against Stokes, but then when Stokes went out the attack, I and that kind of half chance to root. Um, other than that, he just looked absolutely fine. I mean, Lyon played and flashed a few. He hit a great four over mid-on, which mm. was ridiculous in that situation. Um but yeah, that, at that point, there was no movement off the pitch, which I think is why they didn't go to the new ball, because it just wasn't doing anything. Um, well, they thought the old ball was probably maybe reversing, but, you know, they both batted really well, got the 50-odd, and, you know, Cummins is definitely no mug with the bat. Um, I think in the end, you know, 
pulling it back to what we said earlier, they probably overall played the better cricket um, to win the game. And I think, you know, England can only really blame themselves for it. Like all the drop catches, no balls, um, probably the selections. Um, that's that's where the issue lies, really. If England taken all the catches and all their chances, stuff like that, I think they would have won the game. But I think that's why they won't be so disappointed because the things that cost them the game, they can fix. They were in control of. Yeah. Enough. Like, yeah. They can make better decisions with selection. They can yeah. definitely catch better. Yeah, 100 Crawley can like not bat on his twenty seconds dump or on, on the next pitch over. Uh, like a few wickets were just really poorly given away. Yeah, Root's second innings wicket I think was probably yeah. the poorest. I mean, it's, it, if it, it was very difficult sh- to it chast- had shades of Mo when I was watching. Yeah, it. yeah. I I don't like to chastise Root. It was his first stumping, <laughs> and he had batted very well. He had batted like a god throughout the rest of the test. But like, it did feel as though you. He, you can sweep line for days. You can eat. There was a hundred there easily for the taking for it. The way he was scoring was just absolutely carefree. Um, but that I think that's that at that point that's when momentum, another point of momentum for Australia. I think he could have easily just batted through again in that innings, and yeah, well, I think that shot was a bit rash. But you know, next, he'll probably do it again next week. Like you can somewhat excuse that sort of yeah, of course, with Rue especially with, yeah, with yeah. this. But like the Crawley one in my opinion, is the most egregious because he's so far across. Which was the Root one? Which which innings? The first innings or the second innings? Uh, I think Root was dumped second innings. Yeah. The Crawley... I think the Crawley one I'm thinking of is second innings. Yeah. I know the the first innings he had a good ball. Second ball... They were playing in that... Was that when it was the rain and dark light and stuff of Crawley? Yeah. It probably was. Yeah. But then again... It, like I think Ponting said on commentary, it was like sixth stump. Like yeah. I know this is baseball, but it's still a test match. You can leave some. Yeah, it's not even. Well, him, uh, yeah, if, if he was playing an attacking shot, he's just going to feel them. Yeah, block it, which I think Crawley does quite a lot. He does say he gets out an awful lot that way. Yeah. Um, just leave a I, few. Eight. Just leave. Yeah, Duckett was the same. Duckett was definitely feeling out a lot, but he kind of gives that kind of cut, but just sort of like steers it to gully each time. Um. I think, yeah, I think a lot of it does come down to rustiness to this test side, if I'm honest. Like, you know, we spoke about the Ireland game, which didn't really feel like a proper warm-up. Whilst Australia on the back of a test against India. But I think these teams are very similar. I think once England get in there, they'll be better for this game, I would say. There are obviously a lot of positives. You know, the way Root batted, um, Bairstow batted, uh, Stokes got some runs and some wickets, which is key for the series. Um Broad bowled well, Robinson bowled well in the end. So there are things which are like, hey, um, but I think at the moment, Australia, I think as suspected, have a bit more of an oiled side. And that kind of just makes the difference. Vibes will not be enough. (laughs) But yeah, I'll be interested to see how it goes. Um, I think before we round up then, do you have any predictions for the next test or how England might shake up their side and changes if we go on the probable feeling that Mo won't be fit, um, what do you reckon will be the makeup for England in the next game? Uh, I think one to seven will be the same. Yeah, I think Mo out. I think one of Robinson or Anderson out, depending yeah. on fitness. 
I'd like to see Rian Ahmed in. I think Wood will play just to have yeah. that different seamer option for as good as Broad Robinson and Emerson are. They're all yeah. fairly similar yeah, types of bowlers. So we need that change with the pace. Um yeah, just a couple of changes with the bowlers that yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Hopefully I'm Ed and Wood. Fair. I i I guess I've considering how Root bowled, I mean potentially they might go four seamers and bowl Anderson, Broad, Robinson, Wood, and then have Root potentially, but I don't know if that feels too old England. Um I think if they bring in a spinner, I would imagine it would be Jax. Um I guess he's the most similarish to Mo with all the left handers, but don't know. I guess we'll find out fairly soon, but um, we will be there at the next test if it is not raining. <laughs> uh, we will be at day three um, of the Lord's Test match, which is next week. That's come around quickly, hasn't it, Jamie? A little bit, yeah. 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 You excited? I am. If it doesn't yeah. rain and isn't 30 degrees. Well, let, let's, I'll have a quick look at the weather forecast. Live weather forecast on Just Not Crick. Good. Oh. Uh, Nine days time. Yeah. Word weather. Um, because it has been changing. So this is the future us as well. So at this point on this day, it says that the 30th of June is raining. Cool. Um, but it's only light rain. There's never any rain over 50% according to the UEC. It does clear up a lot more in the afternoon. Um, it has changed every day. It's been very annoying. It was saying 28 degrees, pure sunshine yesterday. So that is good. Um, so we'll be there, obviously, whatever. <laughs> Reporting live from the ground in some way. Um, tomorrow starts the women's game. Uh, England have announced their team. Uh, Danny Wyatt is going to have her debut, uh, as well as uh, need to remember who's playing... Um, uh, Filler, who's a fast bowler, um, who um, I think John Lewis describes the fastest bowler in the country in women's game, so that's good vibes. Um, that starts tomorrow at Trent Bridge, I think it's pretty much sold out, so we can cover that afterwards. But, um, yeah, Ashes is back, yay! Um, any final points or views from you? I think we've covered a lot of it, yeah, just lol, lol, Ashes. Oh well, um if you want to follow us on the places you can. But what are those places? Instagram, TikTok, oh. ah. Twitter, yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Only fans? Not only fans. Oh, uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> and we're yeah. only three followers away of seven hundred off the Twitter, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um and only three off three hundred on the TikTok, which I've not uploaded to in several months. <laughs> But it's like John Cena is holding the port down. Thank you, John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Good internet culture. But um, yay, we will see you next time, next week for our next review episode. And then after that, we'll have our in-person review episode at the Lord's Game and maybe some Nets videos. Don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, but thank you for listening, I guess. I no, I wasn't really listening. I was just oh okay. Out. But if you are listening at home, thank you for listening. Or you don't watching. have to. You... Or watching on the YouTube, subscribe. 
You're probably not listening to this. This is oh, the end. Yeah. Oh, ashes. Well. <laughs>